0: Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister
1: here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath, He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchofvictoria.com, or you can check us out at Facebook at facebook.com slash VCTChurch. Uh, So this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we discuss some of the most exciting events that the scriptures talk about, you know, right from the Old Testament. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands Podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and with the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Um, more uploads will be coming. I keep saying that week after week, but they will be coming probably over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start getting the assemblies cut down and uh, getting those uploaded and getting those series done. I'm about to finish. Well, actually, this. I think this, by the time this has come out, I will have finished. That series I've been preaching on for our, our over plan here. at
0: some point is to is to have all the classes yes recorded and online
1: yeah we've got we are blessed here at Central we have a lot of really great Bible teachers uh, Vic Morgan he's done a series on the Sermon on the Mount he did a great job with that uh, Glenn Schmidt is another one and he's actually finishing up First and Second Peter mm-hmm. I think he's finishing up Second Peter now um, so yes long term goal is to get all of these classes recorded. And cut up and and absolutely. put it put online. Yeah, absolutely. Long term goal, for absolutely.
0: Sure and uh, and don't forget about the donate button too we talked we were going to talk about that some more
1: absolutely yes yeah. so if you are interested in partnering with us in this ministry and it's not just this ministry uh, we we have actually a lot of different ministries going on here at Central uh, we do we have some jail ministry which unfortunately due to covid was kind of shut down mm-hmm. but we're looking at that getting back going we've soon got a big benevolence program we've got a big benevolence program here at Central absolutely so there are a lot of things that we do here it's not just this we have this. people
0: from outside this outside the city that send us money every year just to use in our benevolence program. Absolutely, we have we have people that just send a check to to use in our benevolence program. Well, and
1: if you've been watching us for for if you've been watching any of the other content that we do, we also have a, a very robust missions program. Uh, we've been working yep. in Guerrero, the state of Guerrero, for what, 30 years.
0: Oh, a long time. Yeah, long time.
1: Um, we have an excellent missionary there on the ground. He's uh, planted multiple churches at this point. I, mm-hmm. I mean, upwards of 12, I believe. Yep. Um, and so it's it's an excellent work. So there are lots of ways to partner with us. It's not just through the podcast and the classes that we I do I understand. Online.
0: It is partnering with us. It's a partnership. Yes, absolutely. It is a partnership. And, and, uh, and if you'd like to partner with us and all the things we're doing, we'd love to have you have you be a part of it that way. So love to have it, absolutely. I got a shout out I want to do. Uh, I uh, I had somebody call me the other day that uh, that is a good friend of mine knows a guy in Houston. Uh, his name is Gabriel, and his wife's name is Sh- Tiship, and uh, told me a very sad story about their daughter. They they lost their daughter uh, a few weeks ago to a tragic car accident, and uh, and I told Mike that I would uh, that I would give them a shout out and. And let them know that we're thinking about them. This church is thinking about them. We're going to pray for them tonight. Uh, you know, there's a, and guys, I'm going to tell you, I don't know you. I know Mike really well, who's a good friend of y'all's. And if you uh, if you'd like to talk to somebody, if you need to talk to somebody, man, we're available. No numbers on the on the screen at some point, and you can call and talk to our secretary. She can get a message to us, and uh, and we uh, have no problem talking to you on the phone and just and just visiting with you. And, I don't know what it's like uh, I know what it's like as a grandfather to lose a child to lose a, to lose a grandson and granddaughter and you know we've lost three uh, but I don't know what it's like to lose a to lose a daughter I, I have no idea uh, but I just I just want you to know we're praying for you so if you uh, uh, that you're not alone there are people out here there are people in this church uh, that are that uh, are have been touched by their story and uh, want them to know that they're not alone so let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for, for the opportunity we have to study with, the, with each other tonight, study with our audience tonight. We thank you for this medium that we can use to, uh, uh, to, be, uh, to, to get in their homes, to get in their lives, and, and just share with them the truth of the word. We thank you for that opportunity, Father. And We pray, especially tonight, that you be with Gabriel and Tisha, uh, who are still struggling uh, with the loss of their daughter. I pray, Father, that you would, that your hand would be on them, that you would encourage them, that you'd be all with all the family members that are involved. And, and I know that it's not just them that are, that are struggling, it's the whole family struggling. Uh, and I just pray, Father, that your hand would be on them, that you'd strengthen them, that you'd give them hope and give them some kind of clarity of thought. I know this is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, it will be there for a long time. And I pray, Father, that if they need the help, they would, would like to reach out. Cole and I are available. Uh, we, would, we would be uh, uh, overjoyed to sit down with them and just to talk with them on the phone and just to visit with them and let them know how much we care about them and how much we're concerned uh, for them. Just bless them, Father, as they strive to get through this. And be with our audience, Father. If they have stuff like this, let us know. We'd like to be involved and we'd like to, to, uh, uh, to help in any way we can. And I just pray, Father, that, uh, that you'll help that to, that to move forward. Bless His Father again as we study, and thank you for the opportunity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, Dan, we've been working. We're in Genesis chapter thirty tonight. We're going to be picking up in verse seventeen. And if, if you've been watching the last few episodes, you know we've been dealing with this this family and this.
0: And we've been beating up on Jacob pretty hard. Well, I
1: mean, it's as you would say, it's a train wreck with an airplane that crashed yeah. onto it, you know. Yeah. And then the Titanic. Well, came I called and him a pig,
0: and you know, and he, you know he's he, he's. He's got some. I mean, and we what we ended with. I think both couple of weeks is is God uses flawed individuals.
1: That's what he does. Absolutely, he
0: uses flawed people. Well, because we're all flawed. Yeah, and and all these people are flawed. I mean, they have issues. Some we're just reading them. You know, it's on the page here, so we're reading it and we're seeing this guy struggle through all these all these women in his life, and you know, he just you know he's been he's been taken advantage of. He's taking advantage of other people. Laban is taking advantage of him. And you
1: know, when you see people like that, I love that that we you highlighted all that. When you see people like that, when you see these moving train wrecks, okay. At what point? All right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of how best to phrase this question. What is it? What is it that happens that makes an individual stop and decide he's, that things are going to change? What, what is it that happens? What is it that, that, that has to occur to just make somebody like this in this type of situation, wake up and go enough,
0: man, it's, it's different for lots of different people, man. I mean, uh, sometimes the people in your life make you—you know—that you see them moving past you, you see, see them moving on, and uh, and you're and you're not. You're kind of stuck in the same rut, you know. You you've uh, you've caused a lot of damage, and a lot of heartache, and and maybe that reaches up, and touches you. Uh, uh, for some people, they they uh, they look at their lives and say, "Man, I can't keep living like this. I got to do something different." And, and and many times, sadly, they pick the wrong things to do. They do something different, all right, but it's not going towards God. It's still st- kind of staying right where they are. Uh, it's it's a it's difficult, Cole, to, to say what it is in anybody's anybody's life. I For the say...
1: ones who have been successful in turning away from from this type of mess, what 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 did they do? What were the steps they took? What what did they have to say to themselves, to other people, to their situation? To really start heading in the right direction,
0: I think that I think for many of them, the first thing they do is they listen to people that they didn't listen to before. I think they have to listen to people that that they know are saying. Maybe it's a parent, and you and you've lived your life and you're 25 years old and you and you're going, you know, man, I've never listened to my mom, never listened to my dad. You know, maybe I'm going to listen to them because now some of the stuff they say makes sense. Uh, I'm not going to get so. Caught up in all the nonsense that, that I'm going to listen to them for 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 some people it's a mentor, someone that teaches them, someone that that, that is uh, uh, you know someone that that, that you know has uh, has some good quality stuff to say is trying to take you in a good direction. Find somebody like that. Find someone that you can listen to, and it's going to lead you in the right direction. Uh, all of us have. Someone that we can turn to. I mean, you guys, That I mean, you can call us. You can call. You want someone? You may not like what we tell you, but we're going to tell you the truth and what it's going to take for you to get to heaven. How to navigate through all the mess and get it onto a level playing field where you feel like, you know, I at least have a chance now. You know, we'll help with that.
1: Well, because how easy would it be for someone in this situation to feel like they don't have a chance?
0: Well, They're stuck. It's, it's, well, the world's full of people like that. Sure. They, they don't have a chance. They, don't, they That's how they feel. They don't have a chance. You know, I've been so bad I can't do anything Anything else. Mm. I can't. You know, I've, I've just been so bad that what God, God couldn't love me. You know, God won't love me. Or then you blame God. Mm-hmm. And it's all God's fault. God did it. You know, look at why did God do this to me? You know, and, mm. and you have to have someone that you trust, that you'll listen to and say, you know what? And I think getting in the Word is, is great. I think you need to do that. Get into God's Word. But understand, you may still need someone to help you navigate through it because there's a lot of information there and to know what to do and where to go. And we've got classes. If you're living here in town, uh, call me. I, I just, we, we're we taping tonight, it's Friday night. I just got through with a class. You just had a, a small group, I mean a group with, the, with young families, with young children. Man, we'd love to have you join us. to come and join us and, and take advantage of some of these families that are trying to raise godly children, and and being are pretty successful at it. You know, if you're looking around saying, "I don't know what to do with my kids," you know, my kids are a mess. It looks like they're going to be a mess. Well, maybe you you look at some people for examples. Stop going down the road you're going. Yeah. Turn. Yeah. Turn. Mm-hmm. Turn and go down a different way.
1: Well, and that's and that's really what we're going to see tonight. I, I believe we're going to get into that point where Jacob's had enough, mm-hmm. and he starts he starts making some decisions he starts making some decisions to get out from under because remember all we'll, we'll see his response to Laban you know cuz i mean this whole time we've been dealing with the mm-hmm. the situation inside Jacob's family mm-hmm. but it's not just chaos mm-hmm. inside Jacob's uh. family it's also chaos outside of Jacob's family it's chaos in his professional situation as well and we're we're going to i think we're going to get into that tonight but here this uh this evening where we're picking up is in verse 17 and so we're still very much in the, as you would say, the train wreck with an airplane crashing on top of it with the Titanic sinking above it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's still absolutely disaster. So in verse 16, if you remember from last week, we ended with Jacob coming back in from, um, in from the fields and Leah having purchased, having uh, purchased her husband like like you would a prostitute. Yeah. You know, Rachel prostituted his, her his husband.
0: Pra- purchased his sexual uh, performance that day.
1: And he goes along with it, you know, and, uh, you know, we had a long discussion last week about men, step up, lead your families, don't do stuff like this, don't do this. Um, And so in verse 17, um, after Leah had hired her husband, in verse 17, God listened to Leah and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. Have you ever heard somebody say something that was just, you know, I'll put it to you this way. And, you know, if you're watching YouTube, if you watch TikTok, you've seen tons of videos like this, but, you know, you see somebody doing something absolutely wrong, stealing electricity or, you know, as as you've mentioned before, finding that dollar bill on the road. Right. And then going, oh, look, I'm blessed. Yeah, that's this. Yeah, that's this. God has has blessed me for giving my servant. What did he say in the garden? One man,
0: one woman. Yeah.
1: Jesus uses that in Matthew chapter 19 to talk about marriage. I believe mm-hmm. it's Matthew chapter 19. He to talk about marriage, and his point is one man, one woman for life. That's that's what it's supposed to be. That's they God's never, ideal. They never
0: have—correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Was there ever a blessing where God said it's okay to have multiple wives? No. I didn't think so.
1: No, and Jesus' explanation in, in the New Testament makes it very clear that what he what God did in Genesis with one man and one woman with Adam and Eve that was the ideal for marriage. Mm-hmm. He makes it really clear. Yep, they were never supposed to practice polygamy. That was never supposed. To, that was never something that you know God was like, yeah, my stamp of approval. That no,
0: no. He, but he but he allowed them to do this kind of stuff.
1: Well, God is exceedingly patient with these yeah. people exceedingly yeah. patient. Yeah,
0: he does. he has to be. I mean, He really it, does. He's
1: he's working the plan, right? The plan is to bring Jesus in. He's bringing it in through these people. He's God is not okay with this situation, but he's going to use this situation. God is not okay that we're flawed people, but he's going to use us, right? And we've talked about this before all throughout this section, you know, God doesn't uh God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he uses Moses and Moses flawed status. He uses Aaron and Aaron's and his Aaron's wife's flawed nature. He uses us in our flawed nature. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he's responsible for our evil or condones our evil. And this is I mean, especially if you if you go back and look at Genesis chapter one and see what God intends. If you go look for a New Testament scripture on it, you go look at Ephesians chapter five starting in verse 21, you go back and you look at Like I said, I believe it's Matthew 19 that Christ talks about that. If you go and look at those sections of Scripture, it's very clear that God inta- intends one man and one woman. Okay, First Corinthians has some stuff to say about it as well, but there's some other stuff on there that can be kind of hard to, mm-hmm. hard to understand. Mm-hmm. So the point here is God has His ideal in mind. And what we see consistently and in this family is that people are failing. It wasn't okay when Abraham took on Hagar. You know, he took he took on Hagar at Sarah's request, right? But the whole point was we don't believe that God can do this any other way, right? God is not okay with sexual immorality. He's never been okay with sexual immorality, and he's not going to be okay with sexual immorality. But if you've messed up in that capacity, he can use that for his own glory, he can use that to help mature you. He can use that to call people to his name. And he's going to do that. He's gonna use this situation here to bring Christ.
0: And he already knew it was gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Because the plan was to have Israel and and there was gonna be twelve tribes of Israel, you know, and and here he here we're we're fine we're seeing the twelve well, tribes see, being he, born. He's
1: he's we're gonna see how he uses that. Yep. But he could have done it through Leah. Sure. She had fought she's this is her fifth son. Yeah. This lady could have cried. There are plenty of women. Plenty of women, you know, I, I'm sure not. My my grandmother had four, you know, but my grandmother was one of, I think, eight or nine. My grandfather mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. same. You know, those large families used to exist. And so he, could he have done it through Leah? Absolutely could have done it through Leah. Could he have done it with these people not making absolute disasters out of their lives? Absolutely. But when we're left to our own recourse, what we're seeing is disaster, This is what we do. And this is what we do. This is always what we do. Yeah. You know, I'm no different than Jacob. You know, you're no different than Jacob. we If this wouldn't have been us, we'd have done the same thing.
0: What I want to know is, is uh where's this guy get the energy?
1: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't know.
0: I mean, he's got me. four women I in his life. Well, yeah. He, that, yeah, he's got three. He's got Leah, her handmaid, and Rachel.
1: Well, and Rachel's handmaid.
0: And Ra- That's four. He's got four, four. women. He got, he's got four.
1: Wow. Okay. So then Leah, so she said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him. Oh, excuse me. I jumped ahead. Sorry. So in verse 18, then Leah said, God has rewarded me, excuse me, for giving my servant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Could you imagine if that was your name? Issachar. Issachar.
0: I guess it's a, I guess it's a, a, it was probably a common name, I guess. Reward. It means reward. It means reward.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're attaching these names to these events Mm -hmm. and these boys are going to grow up learning this. Right? And so Leah's saying, oh, yeah, I gave my servant to my husband. I've been rewarded for it. You're mm-hmm. my reward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's horrible. Verse uh, 19, Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I've borne him six sons. That's so sad. This poor woman chasing after this guy. How many, how many, you know, I'm thinking of one person in particular we've talked to recently who feels, who 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 does this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, accepts all the abuse that's heaped on her all the time, you know, but it's constantly chasing after this guy who's abusing looking her.
0: for her husband's approval, looking for her husband's uh, uh, acknowledgement. You
1: know, we, we see this time and time again. And ladies, I just want to say, if you're watching, you know, you were made in the image of God. That's right. Adam was made in the image of God. Eve was made also in the image of God. Man and woman both were made in his image. Your value comes from that. That's right. Your value does not come
0: not from some guy that won't uh, that won't show you the proper respect. It's not where it comes from.
1: It's 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 not worth it. And you know, Leia does something here that I think a lot of women do is they end up saying, "Well, I want this person, so I've got to give of myself." Mhm. If that has to be the transaction, then it's not worth it. Go find somebody else. Go find somebody who is worth it, who will treasure you for the for the fact that you Absolutely. are made in the image Absolutely. of God. Don't sell yourself cheaply. You know, like Leah does here. And it's it's horrible, it's horrible to watch. Um so she named him Zebulun, the sixth son. Sometime later she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. That's going to come into that's going to be important later on in the narrative that this daughter was born, yeah. right? Then God remembered Rachel. So finally, Rachel has not had any natural children so far. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add to me another son. So Joseph means may he add. Yeah. Or added. Or added. Yeah. So this is it. We've got pretty much the sons. Now there's one more coming. No, we're not all, we're not done yet.
0: <laughs> she got another one coming.
1: She has got one more coming. But that's going to be a while. But it's, it's going to be a bit. So we won't, verse,
0: we won't hear of him for a while.
1: So this is so this has been a long-running disaster. Um it's safe to say Not over yet. It's not over, mm. but you've got four women, 11 sons, some sons named for some really bitter hurt things, I would say. Mm-hmm. And this is all going to this is going to blow up.
0: And we, and some women that that are are not very friendly, you know. These two sisters, are, you know, she said, you know, and and she says, I think at one time, you know, you find you, you've taken my husband. What else are you gonna take from me? Yeah, she you just know, said so that there's some there's that. some and the husband is not treating one of the one of the wives very well. I mean, she he he doesn't honor her at all. But he didn't want her. He wanted the other the other daughter. Now, he had to work for – you think he – you think that he uh, That he blamed her ever? I mean, remember, this is human nature we're talking about. He had to work 14 years. I <clears throat> um, You know, I, I
1: don't know. I think we're going to see more of that. Maybe he blamed her. Maybe he didn't. She gave him six sons. I know. You know, I, I, I imagine that in his mind that kind of might balance out the scales a little you think? bit. Let's see. Let's keep getting in the narrative and okay. let's see. So in verse 25, after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, so after he finally had a son by the favored wife,
0: yeah.
1: Jacob said to Laban, so Laban has been is the, the father of Leah and Rachel. Mm-hmm. He's kinda I don't want to say he's the author because at some point Jacob should have stood up and, and done what was right, yeah. but he did not. But Laban certainly helped matters by giving him both Leah and Rachel, right? Yep. By agreeing to this situation. And so he says to Laban, remember he works for Laban. He's been working for Laban. So he finally says to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and, and children for whom I serve you. And I will, excuse me, be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if I have found favor in your eyes. You know, what are you, I'd, I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, you were done. Uh, please stay. So if I found favor in your eyes, Laban says to Jacob, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord, now this is Yahweh God again. This is that capital L, O-R, uh, all caps, L-O-R-D, has blessed me because of you. He added, name your wages and I will pay them. Man, if if I were Jacob, I don't, I... <laughs> I mean, what and Jacob's going to tell him in verse 29, Jacob said to him, you know, how I have worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever, wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you? Laban asked. Don't give me anything. Jacob replied. But if you do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark-colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages, and my honesty will testify for me in the future whenever you check on the wages you have paid me. Any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not not dark-colored will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. Now this is interesting. Jacob coming to him and saying, this is how you can test my word and my honesty. This is the guy who stole everything from his brother. Yep. yep. And now he's saying, because he's feeling, I thought it was going to be right here, but it's later on. It's later on after he actually leaves and the whole thing breaks down and Laban chases him that he, that Jacob finally says, you know, I, I've never robbed you, I've never cheated you, but you've changed my wages 30 or 40 times, mm-hmm. right? It's later on that he says that. I thought it was going to be here. It is later. But so he's saying, look... You let's do this. I need to build up my own family, right? I've got eleven sons, four wives, thanks to you. So, you know, I have I've got to build this up. So this will be my wage. Any speckled or spotted sheep, right? If they're a colored, they're dark colored, they'll be mine. And if you find anything else among the herd, they're yours. So Laban agrees to this. Let it be as you said in verse thirty four. That in verse thirty five, notice what he does. Because Still, they
0: don't want they don't want these, because they're not they're not considered pure. They're not considered uh, sellable, they're not considered you know uh,
1: they're not the favored, uh, yeah. especially for you know for sacrifices and later on we're going to see this in Leviticus, especially for sacrifices, sheep with blemishes and stuff like that were of less value than yeah. Yeah. pure white, yeah. right? Uh, so verse 35 that same day Laban removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them and all the dark colored lambs and he placed them in the care of his son. So in other words, take all these sheep out, the ones that would have been his wages, the ones that could have maybe passed on that kind of coloring, take them all out, give them to my sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. So left Jacob with all of the non-colored, non striped non-anything, left them all with him, put three days between them. He's He's looking to cheat him again. <laughs> that's exactly what he's doing he's looking to cheat him again verse 37 jacob however took fresh cut branches from poplar and ant- almond and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches then he placed the peeled branches and so we're going to get this really uh kind of long explanation of how jacob goes about um practicing ranching i guess is is what would you what what is the technical term Uh, yeah i guess he's he's going to do some ancient ritual type things to try to get the sheep to breed a certain way yeah and to to be colored and everything like that um and so they they he goes through this process and this is all all throughout this section um they bore young that were streak or speckled or spotted so jacob got the by using these branches apparently got the sheep that he was looking for we know of course that at the end of the day god is in control of this and he's build building jacob up jacob thinks he has to do all these things but god has been watching over jacob and he's going to be building him up so in verse 40 jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves but made the rest face the streaked and dark colored animals that belonged to laban thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with laban's animals whenever the stronger females were in heat jacob would place the branches in the troughs But if the animals were weak, this is in verse 42, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. So Jacob says, I can play this game too. In verse 43, in this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. We, of course, know that it's not Jacob's doing, but the Lord. The Lord is looking to build Jacob up. And so he begins building Jacob. But
0: the motivation is still... I'm gonna, I'm gonna jerk Laban around. I'm gonna,
1: I'm, I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm gonna jerk. That's what Jacob is still focused. God's on. God's gonna bless
0: him because he is the chosen. He is of the chosen line. He is, but, but you know, he is. Uh, he, his motivation is, I'm gonna jerk Laban around. So in verse because chapter because La- because Laban snookered me to get take his older daughter. That's right. And then maybe work twice as long as what I was supposed to work to take them both when I didn't want the older daughter to begin with. That's right. So. And,
1: the, and let's see what happens. So and remember, by divination, they've learned that the because of Jacob, the Lord has been blessing Laban, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see how that changes in verse 31. Oh, uh, excuse me, chapter 31, verse 1. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged, excuse me, to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord, this is again that Yahweh name, that covenant God of Israel, said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out to the fields where his flocks were. He said to them, I see that your father's attitude towards me is not what it was before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I've worked for your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages ten times times so really what we're aware of is is at least the one time he did it right Mm -hmm. with leia and we saw him try to cheat him Mm -hmm. the second time so i don't i'm not sure that this is an exact i let me rephrase that i don't think this is an exaggeration i don't think this is jacob exaggerating i think this is legitimate laban has cheated jacob over and over and over again and jacob is tired of it But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I worked. Yes, I've read that in verse 7. He has cheated me by changing my wages 10 times. However, God has not allowed him to harm me. So this has gotten so bad, this cheating and changing of wages. And it's going back and forth. We've seen how Jacob has acted as well in this. So this has really been a very tension-filled relationship. And he says he's, you know, but it's only that God has not allowed Laban to harm me. So in verse 8, he said, if he said, the speckled ones will be your wages, then all the flocks gave birth to the speckled young. And he's, if he said, the streaked ones will be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked young. So God has taken away your father's livestock and has given them to me. So despite all of the shenanigans with the branches and the water and the facing of the herds and God's all that doing. stuff, Jacob recognizes here that yeah, it's really doing. God doing yeah. it because Laban can't change the wages fast enough and no matter what he changes them to that's how the sheep come well, out.
0: Well, you know, he's there's got to be a motive here. Well, he's trying to keep his family together. He's trying Laban's trying to keep his daughters there, he's trying to keep Jacob there because Jacob has been an asset to him. Absolutely. He's going to lose Jacob and Jacob he's, he's going to lose the guy that's been that's been cuz God's been blessing him. He knows that. Laban knows that God's been blessing him. So he wants to keep him there. So he's getting rich. He's getting rich off this guy. That's right. And he wants to keep him there. I understand that.
1: You know, I, I worked for when I was uh, 17, I worked at a at a bar as a bar back. And, you know, I 17, I was young, hard worker, and a bunch of the other bar backs quit. You know, they they walked out. They didn't like what they were getting paid. They didn't like the tips they were making off the, the bartenders. So they quit. And they quit on like a Friday night. Well, it's a bar. Friday and Saturday night are the busiest nights. And so it was, it was me. And I worked both those weekends pretty much by myself and this was a big bar in the valley big bar lots lots of pool tables big dance floor you know it was was big it was a lot of work and i about killed myself and i worked those two weekends and i made made okay money um and then the next weekends i i I thought we would have hired somebody nope and i worked those two weekends again and then I, i i about killed myself again i went to the bar manager and i said hey man when are you gonna hire some more people. And he said, why, why would I hire anybody else with you? I don't need to hire anybody else. (laughs) I gave him one more week. Didn't hire anybody else. I quit. They didn't increase my pay. They weren't going to pay me anything else. The bar, you know, the, the, the tips that they used to have to cut to three bar backs. They didn't, all of a sudden I didn't get all those other tip, that tip money. They still tip me the same out. And I told the guy, I said, Hey man, you either hire somebody else or you pay me more. You know, if I'm going to work this hard, if you cheat people, you know, they're not going to stand for it. At some point, they're going to have enough. At some point, they're going to have enough. Now, and that's you can
0: find people, and I've seen it, you can find people that you can cheat from now on. And they're never going to stand up for themselves. Never going to say anything. Never going to stand up for themselves. That you, you just cheat them. And people do it all the time. Companies do it to, pe- to, to their employees all the
1: time. That's true. That's very true.
0: And you're going to find people. And if that guy quits, you just go hire somebody else. Because they'll have another one.
1: It's amazing to me how we treat each other. Yeah it really is amazing to me how often we see that people trying to take advantage of other people (laughs) trying to take advantage of the situation trying to get theirs you know it's 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 really shocking yeah so he recognizes that god has has been the one behind Mm -hmm. all of this so in verse 10 uh, he continues he continues his discussion with his wives in breeding season i once had a dream in which i looked up and saw uh, that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked speckled or spotted the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. And he said, look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel. So now he's, he's reminding him, you know, this is Bethel means, of course, the house of God. This is where Jacob saw the ladder mm-hmm. with angels ascending and descending mm-hmm. where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. So now we get more of the explanation of what happened yeah. when God said, Hey, yeah. get up and go. Yeah. So look at Rachel and Leah. So this is what they respond in verse 14. Then Rachel and Leah replied, Do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only has he sold us, but he has used up what was paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God
0: has told you. He not only hacked off Jacob, he's hacked off his daughters too. Indeed. They have watched him. So there has has been a connection of some kind between Jacob and these two women. It hasn't always been bad. They're both standing up for him.
1: Well, they both recognize that their father has cheated them.
0: (laughs) They both recognize their father's worse than Jacob
1: is. (laughs) Well, but do you remember how sneaky Rebecca was? Yeah. Now Laban seems to be the same way.
0: Yep. I wonder where they learned it from. Oh, Lord. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that's right. Because Rebecca's his sister. That's right. Yep.
1: All right. Verse 19, uh, excuse me, verse 17. So once he gets the nod from his wives, they he puts his, his family on camels and they take off. Um, in verse 19, when Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household gods. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so so let's go back up here real quick let's go back up here to verse 14 then rachel and leah replied do we still have any share in the inheritance does he not regard us as foreign look at the verse 16 surely all the wealth that god took away from our father belongs to us and our children so they recognize that the god of jacob has done all this stuff why did rachel steal the household idols household gods that's what they are they're they're small statues mm-hmm. they would have been family gods and um, they, they would have been thought of to have protect the family and watched over the family mm-hmm. you know these these dumb mute statues so by dumb I mean mute right yeah mm-hmm. these dumb statues didn't do anything for Laban against God against the God against the God of Jacob the God of Jacob easily overpowered these household gods and gave all of Laban's wealth to Jacob she just said so so why does she take these household gods
0: I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I I, I mean, it's I I think that she probably recognizes that these are she's got two men here in her life Laban and Jacob and she recognizes that in spite of all of the nonsense that Jacob's done he's still depending on his God he probably talks about him Laban on the other hand is is not connected to God, evidently, and he's got these little statues, all these little god statues. And she says, "I'm going to take what's the most important to him." So he takes these statues.
1: It's important to understand, you know, what 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 goes into this idolatry. So all idolatry, all paganism, is not about um, a loving, benevolent God or gods that that want to take care of me, and so I'm I'm giving over to them because they love me. That's that's not the way it works. All idolatry, all pagan, all paganism is really about manipulation. It's all about especially with household gods like this, it's all about what do I need to do to get what I want. So it's like a formula, right? If I put in A, B and C, am I going to get D out the other end. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's how they think of these things. It's not about these benevolent deities that love me and care for me when take. Care. It's all about how what do I need to do to get them to do Excuse me. Do what I want them to do, and what I want them to do is to give me children, is to give me
0: money, is to well, give me people. Today have, you know, I, I remember my my uh, my brother wearing a cross around his neck one time, and he was t- showing me this cross, and you know he's going like this, and he's showing it to me, and and I'm and I'm asking, I said, well, what's what's that cross going to do for you? Well, it's a it's a protection, and it's a reminder. It reminds me of of, of what that cross means. And I said. Let me tell you something. A cross around your neck is no substitute for a cross on your back. And God calls us to to carry a cross on our back. And and and, you know, and and, yeah, I remember uh, yeah, I you know, we have there's all kinds of patron saints that you have statues of and stuff and people honor them and worship them and and expect that they're going to do things you know for them
1: it's exactly the same thing yeah that's idolatry has always been that way that's that's always been the point it's not about this god loves me and cares for me and so I want to bow down and worship him and give him the praise he's deserving that's what it is in monotheism and in Christianity especially that's what it's about it's about I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Well, I'm going to love my neighbor as didn't myself. Didn't uh,
0: I don't remember. I have to go back and study this. Didn't Elijah or Elisha have a have a problem with somebody making a statue or making a god out of out of a piece of wood? It was I don't really remember. Isaiah.
1: Isaiah. It was Isaiah. He said he he in eyes in the book of Isaiah. I forget which chapter it is, but he talks about you know, and it's it's God who's who's saying it. You cut down the tree. Right, and you break the tree up, and with half of the wood that you cut down, you burn in the fire, and with the other half of the wood, you make an idol and you bow down before it. And it's God getting upset at Israel because. Well, r- I remember
0: a guy studying that with me one time. And he said, "He said, kind of what God's saying is, how do you know you use the right part of the tree?" That's right.
1: Well, p- what he's pointing out is the insanity behind it. Yeah, it is you know? insane. It is. So, you so know. you're going to burn this part, but then you're going to worship this part
0: with. What if you burnt the What if you burnt the part that was the idol and you and you're worshiping the wood part? you see' it, well, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous it's ridiculous
1: but what's interesting is what what we're gonna see is I I see this as a lot of foreshadow right mm-hmm. because what we're going to see with Israel is they do the same thing Israel as they and talk about the nation as the the Jews grow up they're going to carry their household idols with them everywhere yep. it even says that in Joshua he says put away your household gods Jacob's going to look at his children and He's, god's going to tell him, all right, get up and go over here. And Jacob's going to look at his children and say, now put away all your household gods and stuff. we got to go over here. You know, what? why even have them? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Israel's going to do the same thing. As they're literally following the cloud and the fire in the wilderness, they're following God in the wilderness. They're going to be carrying with them their household idols.
0: What's well, the first thing they do when Moses don't come off the mountain.
1: They make, They make a big idol.
0: They make a big calf. They golden do. calf, they make a big golden calf. That they're going to worship and honor, and they're going to revel over it.
1: Yeah, because that that God is too scary. That God up on that mountain where Moses went, it's too scary. We don't well, know about him, but we we're can going to make, make
0: one. we can make this God do exactly what we want. Can't make that God do anything, you know. And evidently Laban has this these gods around the house, and you know, it's it's it, it just you know this is. Uh, this is something that really bothered me all during, dar- during my, you know, 20s. And so when I, was, when I was struggling with where I was at in my life and struggling with what, you know, this doesn't make sense to me. For a lot of people today, Christianity is not
1: about loving the Lord our God with, ev- with everything we have and serving others and loving others and serving them. Because that's what Christ calls us to do. He calls us to bear our cross. He calls us to look out at the world and see people made in the image of God and be willing to serve them. Right. That's, that's what he calls us to do. He calls us to, to go out and spread the gospel, to tell people about God, to, and he calls us to honestly worship him idolatry. And oftentimes modern day Christianity is not about that. Modern day Christianity is about the church as a country club. It's about what can I get out of this? What do I need to say for a lot of people? It's the health
0: and wealth gospel. Or what is it going to do for my family? What is it going to do for my kids? What is it going to do for my
1: I'm going to pray to God, right? And he's going to give me everything I wanted. Or I'll give money to these people and he'll bless me in return. And I'm going to make, make back that investment. And that's how they see it. They see it as, what I want D, so I'm going to give him A and B. And then he's going to give me D. That's not how God works. That's, not, that's never how he's worked. He's always called us to follow after him with everything we have and if we're not willing to do that then
0: and take what comes and take what comes follow him and take what comes whatever that is you know and that's difficult to do well, it's to difficult follow. it's difficult to convince people he when they have s- when they've had something that's been tangible they can put their hands on it Absolutely. and they can pray to this or they can or they can pray about this and they've got their hands on it and they and they can ascribe to that whatever, whatever they want it to do and whatever they want and you see, oh you see God's blessed me. Right. you see how this have God's blessed me
1: as I'm yeah. stealing electricity and yeah and I mean taking money I mean to I'm, on I'm, the floor I'm
0: we're we're, gonna, we're buying a car, we're buying it on, online and, and you know I mean you know I mean it's not about God blessing me and I mean you know I mean're we're, we're, we're not rich or anything like that we just we're, it's just a car. We're gonna we're gonna use it like anybody else uses any other kind of car. But you know, we've been driving junk long enough and it's time to buy something decent for my wife to drive. It's not you know, did God bless it? Yeah, God's blessed us. But you know, I don't know that you know, I don't know if that car is a is a sign of that. I think I think our life in, in a our life committed to God and with the with the absolute promise of going home when I die. If I get killed on the way home, I'm going home. That's blessing. That's the blessing I'm looking for. I don't, you know, and we, you know, my wife said, you know, we were buying this car online and you've done it a couple of times and it's new for us and, and, uh, and you know, I'm a technological idiot and so, you know, I mean, it's, had, it's taken me a while to learn how to do this and, and, uh, and she said, uh, hey, if we get it, we get it, if we don't, don't. No big deal. You know, it, it doesn't mean our other cars don't drive. You know, I mean, if we get it, we get it. We don't know. Because it was, it was, you know, they were wanting this and wanting that, and it looked like, you know, maybe we're not going to get this one. You know, and it just, and, you know, I got a little frustrated with it. And, and uh, in fact, she told me, she said, when you've calmed down, she said, I'm going to go, I'll be, I was out on the back porch. She said, I'll come back out when you calm down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm going, I want to throw the phone in the in the front yard. I mean, in the, in the front yard from the backyard. I'm going to throw it over the house. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh you know, I mean, she was right. You know, hey, God's going to do what God's going to do. You know, if he wants to have a car, we'll have a car. If you don't, we won't. It's no big deal. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ascribe everything that happens in my life uh, to, uh, you know, he's blessing me or he's cursing me. You know, God has blessed my life with, uh, with intangible things and tangible things. You know, and sometimes Satan comes around and gets in the mix and starts doing this. He's lying to me in my ear, you know. So, you know, I don't want I to, I want, I want a tangible, I want a God that I can worship and I don't need a, I don't need a figurine to do it. I don't need a figurine to do it. Well, and it's not about, it's not about
1: manipulation. We know what God has promised us is, is set in stone. We know that as long as we follow him, mm-hmm. we're going to get to spend eternity with him. That's mm-hmm. the reward. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to spend eternity with God, keep living the way you're living. Yeah. It's it's really that it's really that easy. He is is going to give you. This is what people don't always understand. You know, we we people are like, well, how can a good God send people to hell? Whoa, whoa. he's not sending anybody to hell. No, you're choosing that. Yeah, if you don't want to spend eternity with God, that's cool. Keep living the way you're living.
0: He he will sort you out. He loves us enough. Exactly. He loves us enough to give us that option. That's right. We have the option. We have the choice. You we can choose to, to live for Him. Choose not to. I'm going to Fortran. I'm pre- preaching on John chapter eight mo- Sunday morning, and and and, and uh, you know it's a, it's about uh, he's talking to the Jews that consider Abraham as their father. Mm-hmm. He tell them, Abraham's your father. You listen to your father. He's a liar. It's his language. He lies. You listen to Satan. And he said people that are going to listen to God, they got to do a few things. You know, and yeah. one of them is make room for His Word in your heart. Satan tells you over and over and over again that you know best, you know what
1: you need to do. Jacob's listened to that a long time. He's listened to that lie, yep. and it's caused chaos and destruction, and it's going to have ramifications in his yep. own life. Yep. But God can use him anyway, and God can save him from himself. And he's going to do that. That's what God does. But we've got to be willing, like Jacob, to remember God
0: and to say, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be following you. And, and you know something, too? It, when, uh, when bad things happen to us, doesn't mean God punishing us. Sometimes bad things just happen. You know, now, now, if we're Christians and we're walking in the light, God says endure hardship is discipline. That's right. That God's trying to trying to create a harvest of, in us of peace and righteousness. You know, but people in the world, if you're out in the world and and, and you don't have a relationship with God, don't look at everything that, that happens. Sometimes it's just bad choices we make. Sometimes we put ourselves in bad situations and we do bad stuff and bad things happen. You drink and drive, and you get in a car wreck, and you get caught, you may go to jail.
1: Sometimes we suffer because we sin, and, and sometimes, sometimes we suffer because someone else, else sin. has sinned. Yeah. And sometimes we suffer because this is a fallen world. Yeah, it is. Because it's filled with people who sin. Yeah, it is. It that's is. that's that's really the crux of it. Yeah,
0: it is. Well, hey, well, after uh, when this one comes out, we'll have some stuff to tell them after this next week. After this, after this one comes out, the next one, we'll have some stuff to tell them we can't tell them about right now. Well, we'll talk about it then. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for, for blessing us, and thank you for, for the opportunity we've had to study together again. I pray that our audience has learned and grown, and, and and maybe there's someone out there that really needed to hear what we had to say. Father, I especially pray again for Gabriel and Tisha and for that whole family. Just bless them, Father, and encourage them, lift them up. Help them, Father, to to navigate through all the chaos that seems like going on in their life right now, uh, help us to uh, to accomplish all the things that you that you've called us to, <coughs> and all the things that you uh, that you uh, expect us to do, Father. We need to be obedient to you, in everything we do. We need to hold on to you with everything that we have, and I thank you, Father, for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.